Sachem per Gimel Mishnah Base 3.2. The first part of our Mishnah will consider the status of dough that is in the cracks and crevices of a kneading bowl, a bowl that's used to knead dough. Now, the Bartanur learns that the setup here is that the dough in the cracks is there on purpose to seal the bowl so it shouldn't leak. So these cracks and crevices and maybe holes are filled with dough as like almost like glue, epoxy to close off the and seal up the bowl. Rashi learns the case very differently. I'm not going to go into Rashi here, um, but if you're learning Gemara and Daviomi, of course, you've got to learn the Rashi and, and see it's a, it's a different setup for the question. In any case, in our Mishnah, we say, Batsek she besidke areva. If you have dough in the cracks of the kneading bowl, kam Pesach, im yesh kazayas b'makom echad. If, when Pesach rolls around, you have a full kazayas in a single place, meaning there's one contiguous piece of dough in the cracks that while you're calling it glue, it's still dough, and it amounts in total to a kazayas in volume or more, then then you must destroy it, meaning even though you're intending it to be glue, since there's Isuri Pesach, there's an Isur of Chametz that confers significance on the dough if it's a full kazayas in volume, and you have to get rid of it regardless. If there isn't a single piece that is a kazayas in volume, meaning even if you have Ten half kazesim in ten different cracks throughout the bowl, but each of the ten are insignificant in and of themselves, and therefore, since you're leaving it to serve as kind of glue, it's but it's um, annulled in its smallness. There's like sort of a de minimis threshold that it hasn't crossed, and therefore you can ignore it, leave it be. No need to destroy the chametz in your in your bowl because it's functioning as glue. That's how the Barthner learns. Now, if it's just leftovers from not washing a bowl out well, and you have leftover dough in the bowl that's not for glue. It's just a mess. So the bartender takes a very strict approach here and says, that if that's the case, then there's a concern you might actually end up coming to take that dough and ultimately eat it and gather it together. And therefore, at all events, you must do beer and get rid of that dough. That's the bartender's approach. Many are much poskim, are much more makel and understand that if there's not a total of one kazayas and aggregates in the whole bowl, it can be left as is. Um, so you got a machlokas there, meikar din. In truth, you can be makel if you have less than a kazayas in one place. How and and uh, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that if you have um, if you have if the dough that's there is dirty, so you wouldn't gather it up and eat it. So then in all events, everyone will agree, it need not be collected and gotten rid of. So that's with regard to the Pesach issue. Now, since we're talking about Pesach and the mitzvah of Bir Chametz, we're going to lapse for a second into a question of Tuma and Tahara. So in general, you know, Tuma is communicated from a Tuma source, that's called an Ava Tuma, for argument's sake, like a, a dead rat, um, to a recipient, um, which could be the bowl. The bowl is a kli, and if it touches a dead rat directly, the bowl becomes tame. It's called a rishon, a first degree removed tame item. Now, a, while a bowl can become tame from a dead rat, um, and an avatuma, a bowl, any kli, cannot become tame from something which is not an avatuma. So that means if you have food, which is tame, and it touches the bowl, so then the bowl would remain tahor. It, it's imperv- it doesn't become tame from that. So the question of our Mishnah now is what happens if you have the dead rat and it touches the dough in the cracks? So do we say that the dough becomes tummy as food 
and therefore it can't convey tuma to the bowl, the bowl remains tower? Or do we say that the dough is functioning kind of like glue, and therefore really it's just part and parcel of the bowl? It is part of the bowl. And when the dead rat touches the dough, it's touching the bowl itself as part of the part of the bowl, and the whole bowl becomes tummy. So that's our question. Now, the Mishnah says, the same principle we just laid, set out, that if you have a kazayat in one place on Pesach, it's significant whether you like it or not. So we're going to similarly say that on Pesach, and this is, get out your pencil and make a note, specifically on Pesach, if the dead rat, the source of Tumah, touches the bowl in a place where the direct contact is with a crack which is filled with dough, and the dough is a kazayas in volume, so then we say, since you have to get rid of that dough, because it's a kazayas, because the chiyav of bir chametz confers significance to the dough all of itself, so then, if the dead rat only touches the dough part, and not directly to the rest of the bowl, so the dough becomes tame, but the bowl remains tahor. If the dough is less than a kazayas, and since it's functioning as glue, epoxy, as part of the bowl, so then if the dead rat, source of tuma, touches the dough, it's as if it's touching anywhere else in the bowl. The bowl is a composite of different materials, including the glue, which happens to be made out of dough. So therefore the entire bowl becomes tummy. So on Pesach, you have to make, make a note to yourself, on Pesach, when Mishnah says, V'chein l'inyan tuma, the same rules apply, which means whether you like it or not, Hilchos Pesach, the mitzvah of Bir Chametz, confers status to a kazayas of dough, and therefore the dough can intercede and be called chotzetz, can stand between the tuma source and the bowl, if that's the only contact that happens between the dead rat, let's say, and the, and the dough. Now, beyond, outside of Pesach, then the rule is there's no special status per se to a kazayas of dough functioning as glue. Rather, it just depends whether you're intending for it to stay part of the bowl and not have its own separate status, or whether um, you are you don't want the dough to stay there indefinitely. It's not part of the bowl. You intend to remove it later on, whether to eat it or even to throw it away. Um, if the dough is considered to be your makpita love, you don't want it there forever. You're not in, abandoning it to be part of the bowl. So then it has a life full of itself, and therefore it would be considered a chatzitza, so which could intercede between the dead rat and the bowl. And it's not a question of Kazayas at all. It's simply a question of your intentions. If you intend to to leave it there forever, it's part of the bowl. If you intend to remove it at some point, then it's chotzetz, it intercedes. The Mishnah says, Im, so now, with your pencil, make a note. Now we're talking about outside of Pesach and any other day of the year. Im makpid alav, chotzetz. If you are makpid, you intend that the you'd prefer at some point to get rid of that dough and not leave it on the bowl forever. So then it's chotzetz, it's a chotzetz, it intercedes and doesn't allow the bowl to become tummy if the dead rat only touched touch the dough, even less than a kazais. Vim bikiyomo. On the flip side, if you intend to leave it there indefinitely, you're happy with that dough where it is, as part of the bowl, as the epoxy, whatever it is. So then harehu kareva, it's considered just part of the bowl and it, the mixing bowl, and it's, um, it is part and parcel with it, whether or not it's a kazais, even more than a kazais. In volume, and therefore, if the dead rat touches the dough even more than a kazayas, since you're not mocked, but you want it to stay there forever, so it's the whole bowl becomes tummy at the same time. Now, just to make sure it's clear, now on Pesach itself, this principle of 
hakpada of whether you wanted to leave stay there forever or not also applies. Meaning, if you are makpid on the dough and you want to remove it from the bowl, so then even on Pesach, it's going to be chotzet, um, it's significant all to itself, even if it's less than a kazayas. The point of the mission in the first part of the sentence was, even if you want to abandon it and you're not makpid on it, there is a special status of a kazayas of chametz on Pesach, and it is chotzets anyways. Okay, fine. So that's that. Um, now, that's the end of that first part of the mission. The mission has another part altogether, which is like, like a new paragraph, as if it were a new Mishnah. The question here is, what happens if you have dough, which doesn't have the signs of having fermented yet? I haven't leavened yet, I should probably say better. Um, we have some signs. One of the signs is, of, of leavening is that you see cracks. One of it is that when you, when you smack the dough, it gives off the, like a hollowish sound because it's full of little bubbles. So the question is, what happens if you have dough and the dough has been sitting for a while? When you hit it, it doesn't sound like it's begun to leaven. But you have another piece of dough, and that dough was created at the same time as this dough, and that dough clearly has begun to leaven. You see the cracks on it, or if you smack it, it makes the hollow noise. So the question is, since you have two doughs that were started at the same time, but one is not making noises when you hit it, should you must you consider it leavened already, or could it still be considered to be not yet chametz? So that's our question. Batsek hacheresh. is a is a deaf person. So just the same way when you call out to a deaf person, he doesn't respond because he doesn't hear you. And the truth is, cheresh also is typically a deaf mute, so it doesn't speak either. So of course, since the deaf person won't respond when you prompt it. Prompt him or her. So, so too, when you smack the dough, so it won't, uh, it won't respond and give this hollow sound if it hasn't yet leavened. So if you have batsek hacheresh, but there's another gear, so which is to read as batsek hacheres. Cheres is um, like clay, meaning it's still hard. Like it's hardened up like clay. It's like a, a brick, a rock. Um, so you don't, it's, again, not making the sound you want it to make when you hit it because it's hardened. Im yesh bo. If you have another piece of dough, which is just like it, meaning it's just as old as this piece, and that piece of dough is hechmitz, it's begun to leaven. So then, hareza aser. So then, this dough, your batzeka cheresh or cheres, your dough that isn't making noises, anyways, you have to assume that it's begun to leaven because other dough that's been sitting around for the same amount of time, in the same conditions, has leavened, and therefore you have to treat it as forbidden and chametzik. Um This will assume you kind of like this, like you know, a controlled dough to tell you relative to this dough, if chimut's leavening has begun. Under normal circumstances, you just have one dough, and it's been sitting around for a while, and the question is, you don't. how can you tell if this dough is leavened? So if you see the cracks in it, like we'll see elsewhere, and if you, or if you smack it and it gives a hollow sound, then for sure it has leavened. If not, so the assumption is, so if it's been sitting around and you haven't been working it, so it gets, it, after the time it takes to walk a mill, so then it's considered to have begun leavening and becomes totally aser. A mill is um, like the same word as the word mile. In English, same root. It, like, it comes from a thousand paces of a Roman soldier back in the day um, of Rome. And the pace, which is two steps, like you know, right, left, right, um, is a pace. So a thousand of those is a mill. And the Roman soldiers used the equivalent of five of their physical feet um, to be one step. So it works out if you actually, the actual Roman mill was slightly less than our modern-day mile, a little more than a kilometer. In any case, so the amount of time it takes to walk that distance is considered to be 
the amount of time um, where dough is considered to have risen. The Bartonura learns, like the Rambam, that it's two-fifths of an hour. One-fifth of an hour is 12 minutes, so two-fifths is 24 minutes. So that's the Rambam Shita. However, most poskim, the consensus is we treat a mill to be 18 minutes, so that would be the halacha, that if dough has been sitting for 18 minutes and you haven't been touching it and working it, so then after 18 minutes you have to assume that it has, it has uh, risen and is now considered chametz, uh, regardless of what physical features it has in terms of the cracking or when you smack it, what sound it makes.